Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, it's Natalie from Chatting with Nat. Today we'll be chatting with Cameron. Cameron is a versatile, wonderful, I don't know what to call her, but she's just amazing. She has so many things, so many hats. And we're going to be talking to her. About her new animated film that she's working on right now is a trailer soundtrack um, it's called Super Powers embark on a magical ocean journey in this future length animated film meet Emma a little girl on vacation off the island of St. Thomas who discovers magical seagrass that gives her the power to, to talk to sea life soon enough Emma has a new group of sea critter friends there's Oliver a shy young octopus who's full of adventure but too timid to explore with his friends. And Steve, not a very starfish who discovers he has powers of his own. Together, together, the quirky tree set off on a grand adventure to find buried treasure. Along the way, learning important lessons about friendship, self-confidence, protecting the environment, and the power of imagination. For more information, check out Superpowers website. Superpowers.com forward slash the movie. Hi Kim, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, you know, it's a it's a little bit of a rainy day here in Miami Beach, but I got to say, after looking at all of the snow-covered uh, northeast and across the Texas, and I'm uh, pretty glad that we're we're just seeing rain. Yeah, I know. Over here, it's a little bit dreary, but at least there's no snow. Just the other day, it was icing outside. It was really pretty. You took one step, and you're about to have a, a beautiful fall on the ice. It was just crazy. And we had the snowstorm before that. So I guess it is January here in Maryland. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I, I did live there one time, so uh, uh, I do understand. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't like the winter. I need to move to L.A. or somewhere extremely hot because uh, that's what I love. That's what I love. Before we get into superpower, um, tell our audience how you got into the whole – I want to talk about your music journey a little bit. How you got into the whole music uh, field. Well, uh, you know, I've always been in music. Um, I started playing the clarinet when I was in, uh, I believe it was the second grade. Um, I didn't want to play the clarinet. I actually wanted to play the, learn how to play the flute, but all of the flute, um, you know, seats were taken. So I had to take the, I had to, do, to learn the clarinet and kind of grew up uh, doing you know, marching band and orchestra with the clarinet. So I played that for many, many years. And at the same time, I had this big interest in um, musicals and acting, and I started doing musicals at school. And, you know, from there, by the time I hit high school, 
um, I would had joined a, you know, a pretty bad cover band, but it was pretty fun. Um, and then when I graduated from college, kind of found another cover band and we, we, boy, we rocked it. We really, we were in DC and, and we had huge crowds and I got to tell you, we were the worst cover band in the entire world. I'm convinced of that. But, you know, we got, we got a lot of people to support us, which was really nice. Um, and, and then, um, you know, I took a little bit of a break because I did some pretty uh, extensive travel. And then in 2008, um, you know, right before 2008, I began this original project. I, I wrote my first original song. And I took it into um, a studio, and I was hooked. I was, like, completely. I was, like, this is the best drug ever. And <laughs> I, I've been songwriting and ever since. Wow. Wow. And you, you're a Billboard charting artist. Um, what song did you, or what songs have you charted with? What song is that what? You chart with on the board. Oh, so I did get to, I, I've charted many songs, but when it came to Billboard, there are two songs that I was uh, successful at, at hitting the top 20. One was called Not Into You, and that was in 2014. And in 2015, I uh, did it again with Now You're Mine, um, and that was on the, the dance charts, and that was just I mean, I was thrilled beyond belief. I was so happy. It was it was just unbelievable. Yeah, that's definitely a huge accomplishment because you know us artists out there are trying to get on those charts, but it's it's, it's very. It's, I mean, it takes a lot of marketing. It takes a lot of pushing. It takes a lot, you know a huge team to be able to do that. So I congratulate you on that on those accomplishments because that's just amazing. I mean, I'm sure that when you found the news, you were just like, what? I did it, although you know you're that good. <laughs> well, I, you know, we, we, we all try. Uh, I, I don't know that I know I'm that good, but it, it worked out really nicely um, because it was just kind of, at the time, it was just what I needed. Uh, so it was at the right time. You know, as you know, the, the music industry is so hard, Ooh. and it's, it's so easy to um, – uh, to get discouraged. And yes. when that happened, it just, it, it, it was a game changer for me in many regards. I mean, it was kind of, you know, even though it's just one chart, um, mm -hmm. it does give you a credibility in the industry that you, you really don't get unless you hit one of these national charts. Exactly. You, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. How would you describe your music? Um, you know, I, I have a catalog now of about 600 songs. Um, and I would Ooh. say the, that they range anywhere from, you know, I've got some soft rock and I've got some adult contemporary and I've got some pop music. Uh, but I would say the last several albums have really been focused on House, deep house, and some electric pop, some EDM. Um, that's kind of where I, you know, that's my love. I mean, that's the that's the music I really. It just makes me happy, and you know, it's 
although I don't, you know, I, I enjoy writing some of the children's songs I've had to do for the movie and for my book, it's, um, I gravitate towards that electronic sound and, um, it, you know, it's, it's mood dependent, but I do right. gravitate towards that dancing, feeling good, happy sound. Uh, what would you say sets your, your music apart from everybody else? What makes it unique? Wow. I mean, I strive to be unique. I don't know that I am unique, but I strive to be. Um, I, I, I have a tendency to put a lot of vocals in my songs, which makes a lot of my dance songs sound very pop. Um, I like to do a lot of layering. Um, I do my own production when it comes to vocals. And so it's, um, yeah, I like to experiment with odd sounding harmonies and uh, different ad-libs that, that, that do different things. I mean, that to me, that's part of, you know, the creative side of songwriting is, is having the vocal tracks do something that they hadn't done before. And that's really been, you know, the, the, the fun part for me. I would say that's probably my more unique um, characteristic uh, of, of of my songs. I yeah, I, I I'd probably put it in the vocals. So what does your okay? So here's another. What does your music say about you? Well, I I believe I'm a I'm a storyteller. So I believe all my songs really are telling a story. Most of them are are stories about me, but there's quite a bit of, quite a few of my songs that are about somebody else. And, you know, stories that people told me either on tour or they're friends of mine and they had a, you know, story that, that inspired me. Like I could hear the song when they were telling me the story and, the most recent one was about a year, is it a year and a half ago? I guess it's um, maybe two years ago, almost two years ago, where I had this uh, friend of mine who, you know, started telling me this. Um, he'd fallen in love with this girl who was completely opposite of him. Like, they didn't like anything the same. You know, she was she was vegan. He wasn't. She was a clean nut. Um, he, he was a pack rat. I mean, it just sort of went down the line. Right. And it was just, but it was those differences that brought them together and made their relationship that much more special. And so the song ended up um, being called Didn't Know I Was Falling. And the two, because of their differences, ended up falling in love. But the lyrical content is all about how opposite they really are. And, like, you know, I I see this color, but you see the exact opposite color when we're looking at the same thing. So, um, you know, so there's many stories, I I would say, that I've I've put into my songs that have nothing to do with me. All right. Um, What has been your favorite uh, musical performance and why? Ooh, <laughs> narrowing it down to one is super, super okay. hard. Give me, give, uh, me, give me three. Give me three. I'll make it a okay. little bit. Okay. Um, 
the most, um, the biggest, most recent, I would say, was right before COVID. I was able to go to China and play for an ginormous festival. Um, Mm -hmm. In China terms, it wasn't that big, but in U.S. terms, it was quite large. And they they really know how to put all the bells and whistles out. I mean, you know, lights, sound, everything just was run so perfectly. So that was, it was a pleasure to not only perform abroad, but it was a pleasure, as you know, as a musician as well, when everything goes right, like if you can actually have good sound and good lighting, Mm -hmm. your show is just different. It just feels different. It looks different. I mean, and, and it's so rare to have all those pieces and parts working for you right. as a as an artist so uh that that was one of my favorite um I, and, and it was kind of like I I had the trifecta because I then had a very similar experience with the Commons for the Cure about two months later and okay. of course you know Commons is such a great you know, um, organization for women that it was kind of a double, a double hitter. Um, but again, I had, you know, great, great sound engineers that were really championing the, the, the whole production angle of it. So that those two were really, um, some of my favorites. And then I really do enjoy when there are opportunities on the local level to just sit down with, you know, some of our local, you know, restaurants here and do a, a short acoustic gig where I'm just performing with, you know, friends like you um, and uh, our other friends where it's just stripped down, you know, and, and, and there's, it's all about intimacy. It's all about, you know, connecting to, you know, in a smaller venue. So if I'm doing that with friends, it's, it's quite, you know, special in my mind. I wouldn't want to do that all the time, but, uh, it's certainly it, it's fun to have that diversity when you're performing. So those are kind of my favorite times that I I think I've I've enjoyed the most. So now when you uh, perform your EDM music, do you have backup dancers? Do you have all the bells and whistles? It depends. I used to when I was um, performing in DC. I used to bring my dancers and and they would you know dance on stage. Um, I haven't carried that out to to Europe or to Asia. Not that I wouldn't want to, right. but you're you know when you're giving costs to go abroad for some of these bigger festivals. I mean, adding dancers to the mix, it just it, it starts scaring all of the you know all of the promoters. You know, like oh no, here's another act. It's going to be too expensive and. And especially if you're doing a festival that is, let's say, your set is um, 40 minutes. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. dancers can't, uh, they, they could go on for 40 minutes, but that's a right. really, that's a tough proposition. If you're yeah. going to do it right, you know, they're, they're choreographing all of it. So that you're really talking about dancers that, you know, could do only a handful of songs anyway. Um, so it, it's, I, I I would, if I were just doing like one or two songs, I, you know, mm-hmm. on a, I would do the dancers more often, but when I'm asked to perform at some of these festivals, it's, it's, you know, it's a full set. Uh, right. So it makes it a, I, a little challenging. No, I, I get that. But I do agree with you with the, the, the intimate settings 
some of those can be really special. I like those too because you just you can just engage with people a lot more. Um, what would you say? Who would you say are your main musical influences? Huh. Well, um, you're asking really good questions. Um, <laughs> when I when I think about uh, songwriters, you know, I love listening to you know some of the best lyricists to me mm-hmm. were when you start, you know, looking at James Taylor, right. um, where you could just see, you could visualize everything that he was telling the story about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it, the uh, Lionel Richie was also, I mean, his lyrical content and, and he, you know, transformed the way we thought about, composing music. I mean, nobody had ever done choruses before the verses before Lana Richie came along. So, I mean, those guys definitely had a great influence in, in how I, I think about writing stories. Now, when it comes to the actual electronic sound, um, I've been heavily influenced by so many producers largely out of Europe because I just, you know, like the wide boys have a very unique sound to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, DJ Max that, you know, again, has that deep house sound that's just, you know, so pleasing to the ears. I mean, they're, they're the big guys out there, obviously that everybody knows their names, but I have a tendency to really like the ones that are sort of middle tier because I feel like everybody grabs their ideas and then blows them up because they've got, you know, a, a huge label behind them to, to, yeah. to make it so. But um, the, the, this middle tier of, of, of DJ producers out there, they're, you know, they're quite, quite incredible. And, and before COVID, I would be uh, an attendant and, and sometimes performing at what's called the Amsterdam dance event, which is basically every DJ and every, you know, um, DJ slash producer in the electronic world would attend this event. And it, you would hear nonstop music for four days. And when I say nonstop, I mean, it, it started at 6am and it finished at, you know, 559am. So you, you, it was constant um, rotation of all these guys from all over the world, and you got to hear amazing, amazing sounds. I mean, things you go, wow, I wouldn't have done that, you know, I wouldn't have thought to do that, you know, it's just um, really, uh, there's some really incredible artists out there, and I'd love to see more females jump into that, um, into that area. I mean, Amsterdam dance event, I could count how many females were actually there. And, you know, so I couldn't really compare. It's hard for me to compare, um, you know, how, how they're doing because there's just so few of them in the DJ world. Um, And I don't want to say DJ world. I mean, DJ slash producer world. Okay. But Nora and Pure is, is like a great example where I love her sound. Love, 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 love her sound. And she's just risen above. And she's no longer like that mid-tier, but, um, you know, she's, she's, it's just a pleasure listening. Yeah, well, I think that when you love something, you love it. Have you ever done, I know Miami has the 
think it's called a music winter conference or dance conference. Have you ever done that? Have you ever heard of that one? Yeah. So I have um, actually given out awards at that, um, which is the Miami Music Week. And and that was uh, kind of a tradition I did for a number of years. And then they were sold um, two years ago uh, Hmm. to the same people who, who run Ultra. So okay. it's a, it, and it's a different, it's a different feel. Um, I don't know that they do awards anymore. I think they're trying to get back and do awards again, but they skipped it when they first, you know, switched hands. But the gentleman who used to run it, um, really, you know, he, he was again, this lover of dance music and, um, he had a big, huge gala and it was very cool. Um, and because it's in Miami, you know, we would do these big, huge uh, award shows uh, outside, right, right in front of the beach, you know. And so it was, and you had, again, every DJ you can think of was there. Now, it was a little different than the Amsterdam dance event because right. most of the guys were so happy to be in Miami. And they, they were at pool parties instead of all wrapped up in their scarves in Amsterdam. So they, they, they might have partied just a little too much. <laughs> Miami is the place where it happens. I'm telling you, they keep talking about Las Vegas, but so much stuff can happen in Miami. I get that. Um, what is your writing process like for music? It's, you know, all based on inspiration. Um, okay. But I have just been asked to write for a film, which I'm, um, it, it will be my first experience for writing outside of my own films, of writing oh. for somebody else's film. And so that's kind of interesting because they gave me, you know, their trailer and their concepts and looking at it, really thought about it. And I came up with several ideas okay. and said, okay, let me send you over one of them, make sure this is the right feel. And the answer was, no, it's not. <laughs> Okay, I didn't understand what they were looking for at all. So back to the drawing board. Yeah, no, I, I, but I like that because you can be so honest about that and just say, you know what, you tried your best and then you get, but it's, it's a back and forth, it's communication. You know, now they're going to say, well, this is exactly what we want and then you're going to give them what they want and it's going to be a beautiful thing, right? Right, right. Well, let's look. I, I hope where you know the the adventure has only just begun. It is only just begun. Um. So one of the yeah you, you, one of the songs you gave me to play today is called Tiptoe. Tell me what that song's about. Yes, that was my first COVID uh, song. So oh, really? it was yeah I did this right in the smack at the beginning of COVID. And, you know, I, my, basically my message was, even though it's a, it's a love song, mm-hmm. um, the idea was, you know, we're, we're all tiptoeing around this, this virus and we just don't, you know, nobody knows anything. We don't, we don't, we can't touch each other. We can't touch anything. We can't touch my, you know, nothing. So <laughs> that's why I kind of played off of that. And, um, it's, it's, sort of an analogy to where you're when you're first falling in love how you're a little bit tiptoeing around all of the um all of the areas that maybe you don't want him to know about like well do I really want him to know that I snore at night or do I really want him to know that I'm obsessed with my hair 
you know, and so you sort of tiptoe around those really delicate areas that you're protecting in order for people to, or for him to, to still be interested. Wow. Okay. So we're going to have a word from our sponsor and then we're going to play the song. Hold on one second. Hi, this is Nikki Chris, and I host a podcast called Mixin' It. Mixin' It focuses on women in the music, entertainment, and the performing arts. Our goal is to provide an avenue for industry veterans and up-and-coming artists, musicians, engineers, and producers to showcase their talent. Listen to Mixin' It on Monday Music Madness at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sim Radio Network.
Loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved that. I was grooving. I was swaying. I was pumping my head. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm older than dirt, but I can still hang with people. <laughs> how how if you ever get it, how do you deal with writer's block? You know, I just don't write. Uh, I, I, I'm a firm, yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer of, you know, writing should come naturally. It should be, um, something, you know, that, that inspires you. And otherwise, you know, I've, I've tried to do a couple songs where I'm forced to do it and they just right. sound forced. <laughs> right. So I, I just don't believe it. I mean, if you have writer's block means, you know, uh, that, that day is not your day. And, and I went through, when I was on tour in the Caribbean, um, so I was gone for a good month, mm-hmm. and I came back, and I had no desire to write any songs, which is, uh, th- this doesn't seem like a long time, but for me, it's a long time. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't write any songs for at least three, four months, and um, that was probably the longest I'd ever gone through that. Yes. Yeah, right. There have been moments where I stared at the page, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't think of anything. And then I just walk away, and then I'll sleep on it, and I'll say, okay, let's, okay, it's fresh now. I'm looking at the page, and then things will start flowing. But for me, my best ideas come out of the shower. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it, well, it, you it, might be more most relaxed then yeah there's that so I'm like trying to invent this thing where it's waterproof and that you can just hit a record button it just records everything while you're in the shower not you know just the music you want to record in the shower because then I walk out of the shower and then all the ideas was like what did I say what was that oh my gosh did I just <laughs> it drives me absolutely crazy um now let's dig into steeper powers i know we had a chat yesterday but for the audience our audience members that didn't get a chance to catch that um i know you're you're an author you're a filmmaker you're a vocalist you're a producer you do it all um but tell our audiences again how you started out by writing the book well um you know it it was uh, since we talked a lot about inspiration it's it was really an um again another inspiration song I met a little girl when I was on tour and during the break we had this conversation about you know what sea life she liked and Mm -hmm. she surprised me by telling me that her favorite sea creature was an octopus Mm -hmm. and I found you know for a little girl that was quite unusual I would have anticipated her saying whales or dolphins something along those lines and so that led to the writing of a song called Mr. Octopus, which was meant to be kind of tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being the basis of a story that I wrote when I got back from tour. It took me, you know, I guess about four months to write the story. It's a short story. It's only, um, you know, what, uh, you know, an hour long kind of read, but it, was um, something that began the process. And, and after the first one, um, I wanted to turn it into a series. And so now I've, I've done five books. 
so far. They're both audio and hardcover. And they also have plush toys that go along with it and teacher's guides. And, you know, it's, so it's uh, and, and like a, um, a forever coloring book. So it's its, its own thing. Um, in addition, they have, you know, albums that are associated with the book since they came in also audio form. And um, I've taken the first one and made a screenplay out of it. And now I am directing and producing my first full-length feature animated film. Which is so, so awesome. I love it. Congratulations on that. Um, and the trailer, you've already sent out the trailer to several um, film festivals. How well has that done? It's done extremely well. We've won numerous awards for both the trailer for the soundtrack, which we released, um, for the screenplay itself. So, I, I mean, I haven't counted them, but I'm, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm sure, about 20 different awards altogether. And, uh, you know, so I'm pretty excited. I, I'm, I'm anxious to actually submit the film itself to see how the film's going to do um, award-wise. And that's a different level of competition, but uh, I would, you know, I'm I'm hoping to, you know, get some accolades from from those kinds of submissions. But we'll have to see. Now, do you, how many books are in the series? Five, five altogether. They're they're chapter books, so they're quite unusual because the age group is really, um, you know, four to nine years of age, okay. but they're long books for that age group. So they're, they're written in one to two page chapters because they're meant to be shared at bedtime. And mm -hmm. it takes a good, you know, hour. If you were an adult, it would take you an hour to read it. So it's not a short book, you know, that most of them have 13 right. to 15 chapters. And they mm -hmm. deal with all sorts of things from, you know, adventure, just pure adventure and, and using the imagination Right. There's a little bit, some of them have a little bit of um, science to them. Some of them have, um, well, all of them have a, an environmental theme. And being that the kind of the overall um, theme of my entire series is how we connect to animals actually mm -hmm. has an impact on our environment. Because if we, if we care about the animals and we connect to them, we're going to be, more cognizant of what we put in our water and, and how we're throwing away our trash and how we're reusing things because mm. we'll not just care about us, but we'll also care about all the animals that are in our environment. So it's, uh, I, I emphasize that a lot, but then there are some messaging um, around inclusion. You know, one of the main characters is a starfish who is, a very um, strange color orange and he gets made fun a lot of his other starfish friends make fun of him because of his color and mm -hmm. so he really struggles with finding friends because he is so insecure about his color oh. and so this the story kind of addresses um, things like that uh, and addresses of you know not uh, being very careful not to make assumptions about different creatures just because you don't know that much about them. I love that. And by the way, Kim, we have more time. You're actually on for an hour. Because um, Natalie can't read. <laughs> um, so how did you come about 
for the story for the screenplay? Well, it, it is based off the first book. That's based so off the I, I, it was my first on the first book, yes, of of the series. So mm-hmm. I just had to teach myself how to convert, um, you know, a, a written story into a screenplay, which is you're basically taking those visuals uh, that you would get in your head from reading and transposing them into a movie format. Wow. 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 I, I, I love this. I love that you're getting into animation. I love you're doing stuff with animals because I am a big lover of animals. I've had five cats. I had a cat that died um, last year in November, which traumatized me. Now I have two kittens that are driving me insane. Um, but I do love them, and I do believe in um, that animals have power to heal. And I also believe that, yeah, they have a great connection. And they're very smart because these kittens, they watch me do one thing, and they think they know how to do it too. So I, I do. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. They, I, listen, I, I sealed this, the kitchen off because we have some stuff on the floor, and and I put tape on this, this cardboard thing, and the cat watched me, and he goes to the, the tape and starts pulling the, at the tape to open the door. And I'm thinking, okay, you're just too intelligent right now. Um, no. <laughs> and they're cute, but my God, they've broken so many things. I'd forgotten how, what it was like to have uh, kittens and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about the soundtrack, how you um, uh, got other musicians to play on the soundtrack. One of my favorites, Suzanne Grazen, is on one of those songs I know. Um, how did you come about with all of that? Well, you know, it was really about um, what the scene was doing. And, and and when you look at certain scenes, mm-hmm. you can actually hear the, the flavor of the music that you're looking for. And that's how you, you know, how, how I was able to decide which musicians would fit best. There, a great example is um, one of the scenes in the movie is uh, they're going, the, the little girl and her family is going to take a ride on a glass bottom boat. So it's very adventurous sounding. And so I wanted something that sounded like a nice reggae feel um, kind, of, kind of song, an adventurous song. And I wrote this song and I recorded it. But when I was listening to myself, I'm like, well, I just don't have a, a reggae kind of, of vocal. I mean, it's just not me. And I tried to fake it, but then I was like, you know what? This just doesn't feel right that I should fake this. But right. I did have a local musician down here who she does have that kind of, you know, beautiful raspy, you know, kind of, reggae kind of um, tonality to it. So I asked her, you know, will you come in and record my song? And she was more than happy to do it. And she did it brilliant. I mean, much, I, I, I couldn't have done what she did. It was just, it, some of this is a tonality and it really changed the flavor of the song when you have the right vocalist on there. And, and that just fit. So there were numerous occasions when I was going through this, um, scene by scene, and based on what was happening, you could hear what should be going on in the background. Right. Wow. So much. So I'm learning so much about the whole the the animation and the soundtrack. Um, soundtrack and animation together. It's very interesting. 
Um, so we're going to play another one of your songs. Uh, tell me about Take Me Back. Oh, so that th- this music video that I did for this song is just hilarious because it, you have to wait till the very end to right. find out what happens. But it's um, the, the, the music video itself is kind of goes hand in hand with a, a kind of a tongue in cheek with, with the song. It's supposed to be a very summary, you know, um, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm just looking for love kind of thing. So you'll hear references to I don't need a pill because remember the big song of um, the Ibiza pill that uh, I guess I was got a couple summers ago. And and the whole idea is you go to Ibiza and, and it's just a, this big dance party with lots of, um, you know, I don't want to say lots of drugs, but yeah, probably lots of drugs going on. It's a big party down, right? Right. I know they're trying to transform that, but I went to Ibiza to perform and I got to tell you, I fell in love with this place and not because it was a big party, but because it's, it's really a great Island and I loved all the music and uh, I, I loved performing. So it, it, I was inspired right after that to write this song. All right, so we're going to have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll play the song. Hold on. Hi, it's Jordan and Madison, and we're Jay Madison out of Nashville, Tennessee. We'd love to tell you about B-Squared Management, artist services by artists for artists. Get your press, branding, single release, and sync success plan now at bsquaredmgmt.com. And listen up to our latest single, Down, now on Spotify. Gonna be gonna be gonna 
Awesome. Once again, great music, great dance music, great music to work out to. Hell, I know I'm going to put some of this. <laughs> I need to uh, I'm gonna put it on and work out to it. Um, if you If you could tell your younger version or give your younger version some advice, what would, what would it be? Wear more sunscreen. Uh-uh. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, I, I think the other part of what I might say is stop being so scared. Mm. Um, you know, I, I feel like we, we spend so much time worrying about stuff and what we really should do is just, just, you know, give it a try. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, I had to learn to be fearless, uh, early on in life. Um, and yeah, fear is the great, greatest threat to anybody. Because when you fear, you just, just puts you in like you're frozen and you don't feel like whatever you're going to do is not going to be accomplished or people are going to say stuff about you, especially in the music business. You know, it's a place where people can criticize you, um, shame you, do all kinds of things to you. You just have, you know, basically you have to have a thick skin in, in music and you just have to not care. Cause I really don't care what people say. Um, you know, it's about speaking your truth and knowing who you are and loving yourself and knowing that what you're putting out is the best of who you are. So that's how I, I'm able to do the things that I, I can because I'm a person that I suffer from depression. Um, so there are days, every day I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this music stuff anymore. It's just too much work. And then I'm like, no, music is my saving grace. So I flip-flop, but I know that music is the place where I need to be. Uh, but yeah, it's always going to be a battle. I know that. Um, it's a crazy battle. Now, you have, I said, five books, I believe. When's the sixth book coming out? <laughs> I mean, more well, I, I mean, it, it'll be there eventually. Um, okay. it, it's definitely not a series that I would stop writing for. But I, I, what I recognize is I need to get um, the movie done first. Right. And then I have promised myself that I will finish the screenplay for the sequel, assuming that this one goes well, because these movies take many years to do it. So if I don't start the screenplay now, then I, I have no hope of ever getting it out there any in this lifetime. So, um, so I have begun that, um, that that's like my priority um, before I do book number six. But book number six is out there. I mean, it's um, the the series starts off uh, in present day okay. until you hit book four, where you really start learning a bunch of things about why Emma is so special. Right. And then book five actually takes place 200 years ago, so it ties every, it starts tying everything together. And so I, I have to continue on with that 200 years ago to bring it back up to current day. Right. Now, is the goal to have um, a movie 
an animated film for each book? It, it is the goal. I don't think I'll get to do it, but that is the goal. Why not? You can do it. Well, they're super expensive. <laughs> so what? I have hey. to, you know, I got I, I need like, I don't know, Disney or somebody to, to give me a bunch of money. Are you, but the thing is, Kim, you never know. Somebody's going to see this, this animated film and they're going to be like, oh my God, I want to sponsor. I want to fund. I want to do something. I want to invest in this film. So you can't say that it won't happen because I believe that it will. That's right. I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. So we're going to play another one of your songs. It's called Simply Naked. Tell me about that one. So when you actually um, get very close to an individual, the only way you're going to get closer, really, to cross that line is to strip Mm -hmm. off all of it and be very vulnerable. So, again, using a lot of metaphors, it's, you know, once you take off all of the crap, right, that you cover yourself in, you hide behind, then that becomes the, the real person. And do you have the guts to actually show yourself simply right. naked? I love it. Let's play it.
another hit? I mean, I just love all your <laughs> There's nothing you can do wrong. That's what I'm saying here. Have you ever thought about taking one of the characters in the book and creating a spinoff? Well, I mean, that's kind of the direction that book five goes into. Okay. Um, without giving too much away, but yeah, one of the characters, um, it, it, they're tied together, but the idea is the first four books, the star is really a, a you know, a little girl and mm-hmm. book five, the star is really a little boy. So, and, and he's got his own, they're, they're connected, but he's got his own care, you know, his own feelings about things and his own um, special traits. Mm-hmm. I got it. Um, is there anybody, whether it's a music producer, an artist, or a filmmaker that you would love to collaborate with? Oh, yes. Black Coffee. Oh, oh. And why? Oh my gosh, he's just so amazing. He's he's like he's he's he he just ekes uh, reeks of of artistry and and beautiful sounds and yeah, I would you know um, that that's that would be my dream. Awesome sauce, awesome sauce, awesome. Now, who has been an inspiration in your life, if you have any? Um, you know, I have lots of, uh, people who have inspired me, I would say, uh, anywhere from a mentor who always, who's always encouraging me to, you know, lead by example and, and, you know, take on a real leadership role and don't, don't think that leaders are born, they're made. Right. And that, those were always really valuable to me. Um, and, you know, also watching, I have several, you know, I, I have a lot of um, female friends and watching them keep going at whatever they're doing, um, right. going at it honestly and professionally, and they keep, you know, chugging away at it. And I would say um, what I'm finding is that as I get older and my friendships become more intense with, with a lot of my female friends is that I'm seeing a real desire on both parts, um, Mm -hmm. both parties to really help each other out. Not, not think about anything else, but how can I help this person be successful? And sometimes they're not even related in the same industry, but I'm really seeing that my Female, you know, I don't want to say colleagues, um, they are friends, but they, it sort of goes beyond that. Like, you know, how can I help this person do exactly what they want to do in life? And that's, that's really inspirational to me because the more I see that happening, the more I want to do the same. And I think that symbiotic relationship is, is uh, catching. You know, it's, 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 it, it becomes addictive. I agree. I agree. That's what we're all trying to do here is sisters in music, getting especially women on board to inspire one another, to work with one another. Now tell our audience before we leave where they can find you. 
You can find me. The best is to go to my website. I've got links that take you from there. Um, website is sidefxmusic.com, or my um, children's book series and movie would be at superpowers, S-E-A-P-E-R, powers.com, superpowers like the C. And uh, you'll find my socials that are you know right on the top page on, on both of those websites. Awesome sauce. Thank you so much, Kim, for being on my show, chatting with Nat. Until next time, I hope Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love you. Uh, be safe out there. Until love next you. time. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.